Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Game day. Golden Eagles in the bayou tonight. Taking on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Going to talk a lot about it today. Kick off at 6.30 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, it's just the first um, Thursday game we've had. We've had a had a Tuesday game, but glad. Uh, you know, back in the day, Kelly Sander, I'll bring you in. You were with Michael Mergens in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. I'm in Laurel. You know, back in the day, we used to play a lot of Thursday games. Uh, I, I think one year in 2003, we played three games on the Thursday, but but fun to be back on the Thursday night um, uh, highlight scale and national appearance tonight. Now, you're on your way back from Lake Charles yesterday. On the way to Lake Charles through Lafayette, did you did you demask anything in Lafayette or let them know that you were there? And uh, I just cruised through. I did hit Whataburger at back up on the way back. Um, all the Cajun restaurants were closed at 930. Um, so I, I did not bring, I did not, you know, uh, do anything that would bring shame upon the University of Southern Mississippi. We'll just let the Eagles do what they need to do tonight. Well, Merck, Merck was not in his head, so no, no doubt he has frequented that establishment, Merck. Whataburger is a good choice. <laughs> you like Whataburger. No matter where you are. No matter, no matter where you are. Anyway, Golden Eagles tonight. Kick it off, uh, at 6.30. Looking to get win number three. And let's talk about it. Scott Watkins from the Sun Herald joins us. He'll be with us two segments today. And Scott, um, Golden Eagles, uh, momentum the last couple weeks, uh, unfortunate at App State, but, uh, get the win against ULM. And, and I guess let's start there, uh, and, and then talk our way into tonight. What did you see Saturday, uh, for the second week in a row, United Jordy, Joseph, and Sam Gregg to, to think that the Golden Eagles uh, can put up some points tonight in, in Lafayette? Yeah, what I saw that kind of carried over from the App State game and, and the biggest difference between those two games and uh, every other Will Hall game that I've watched, uh, especially uh, last year and this year, uh, it, the, the game plan seems more personnel targeted. Uh, it seemed like Hall was trying to get the ball into as many of his playmakers as possible. We're looking at Frog Jones. We're looking at Frank Gore Jr., Ty Mims, Jacarius Gaston. Those are the four guys that are getting pushed to football right now, and um, it's working wonders. Right away, uh, against the Yeoman Row, hitting those explosives early on was really big. Um, took the gas, uh, took the foot off the gas a little bit, but as Wilhall said after the game, that wore down ULM, and you had the, uh, the big fourth quarter, the two fourth quarter drives there that was a, a really a result of those two middle quarters. Uh, 
that's that was kind of the difference that I saw. You saw everything kind of get put together offensively in a way that it, it just has not been before. And I think that's going to provide a lot of confidence going forward, especially going to a Louisiana team, a team that under Mike Dez plays very strong and very well conditioned. Um, you mentioned you know the shots down the field, the vertical shots that we've seen the last two weeks, and you know that and working the edges of the field has really opened Frank Gore up, you know, with with big runs throughout the game, but you know able to close. Able to close it out Saturday, um, you know, in, in the fourth quarter at the same time, even in App State, things open up when you attack on both of those dimensions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're, they're playing really, really balanced right now, which is really important. And it's not just the run-pass balance, but it's also the pass depth that you're looking at. Uh, for a long time, you only saw Southern Miss go underneath you only saw this offense go screen, uh, uh, drag, and that was really it. You never really saw the ball get pushed downfield. They're balancing those downfield shots with the inside zones, and it's working really well right now. Um, I would love to see it continue because uh, it is Yale Monroe, but it's, it's, that's a really big game, a really good opportunity to do that in. But that's the kind of game that you wanted to see against Arkansas State uh, back at early in the season. So. Uh, you want it to carry over, so I'm I'm really anxious to see how that looks against the Cajuns defense. Kelly, well, when you when you look at the rest of the of the schedule here, Scott Watkins, the Eagles they've had their injuries along the way, but heading into this final stretch, all in all, other than the secondary, they're okay. I mean, compared to the Cajuns who are going into tonight with the third string quarterback. Forgive me for even asking this question, but even if, if the Eagles win any of these last games. Is there an asterisk because these other teams are, are banged up? I mean, can you take anything uh, from these? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can apply an asterisk or anything like that. Um, Mississippi State is Mississippi State. Louisiana's got some injuries. Uh, the Southern Miss deal, yeah, they're healthy uh, everywhere but the secondary. But the secondary is is torn apart right now. Right, and it has been for several weeks. So I, that's that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big issue. I don't know if you can throw an asterisk on any game that Southern Miss wins, especially this Louisiana game, uh, QB3, this is not your typical QB3 that you look around the country, you're not going to see another QB3 like Chandler Field, somebody who has played 400-plus snaps of, of FBS football. Uh, he is he's very good uh, pre-snap. He's very, uh, very experienced. This is his fifth year. He knows the game. He knows the offense. They've been almost the exact same for, throughout his entire career. Uh, they're minus one in the run game. That's the biggest difference between going from Zeon Chris to Chandler Fields. So I don't think there's, uh, I don't think you can put anything on it. I don't think that anybody on the, the Cajun side can say, well, yeah, we lost, but, you know, QB3. I don't think you can, you can throw that out there. Louisiana is still the best rushing offense, one of the two best rushing offenses in the league. Uh, and that the quarterback doesn't have a, he has a little bit to do with that, especially Zeon Chris, but, with the running backs in the offensive line that they have, they should be able to continue to run their offense. And they're one game away from, from bowl eligibility. Yeah. That, that should be noted as well. We've talked about Ethan Crawford this past week and maybe ad nauseum to some folks, uh, considering he's, his name has just gotten out there this year. If he plays tonight, then he's at his limit for, as far as redshirting him. Uh, but going forward, and this is all hypothetical, but to me he's got the type of build and the type of ability – to where he could be converted to a running back if you were to need that. What say you? Is that too far-fetched, or is it just me? Uh, you know, you want your athlete to play, your best athletes to play quarterback, especially if they can throw the ball, especially if they can throw the ball as hard as Ethan Crawford can throw it. 
Um, if they need it, you know, sure, I guess. I, I think that in that kind of situation, you really want to get beat down. Uh, you you, you want to get in a, in, a, in a situation that your secondary is in. I don't think you want to throw Ethan Crawford out there, who is one year removed from a torn ACL, uh, and have him play running back right away, especially when you're trying to get him going against uh, FBS defenses, Sun Belt Conference defenses as a quarterback. Um, maybe in the future, if that happens. But I think if you're Will Hall, you're probably very excited about a Billy Wilds uh, Ethan Crawford competition here in the spring. All right, before I throw you back to Luke, I wanted to ask you this about the Jordy Joseph, Sam Gregg, and I hesitate to use the word experiment, but going forward, do you think this is going to stick with Will Hall? Or do you think that uh, once the season is over, he reshuffles the deck and maybe goes back to the drawing board and tries something else? My expectation is that there's going to be a staff reshuffling. I, I expect to see a full-time offensive coordinator. Um, I'm not sure how long something like this. This kind of setup is, is fairly unique. It's not seen uh, in a lot of other places where you have one guy putting together the game plan and then somebody else calling the plays. Uh, I don't know how long you can kind of hold that together for, but uh, I would expect an offensive coordinator, and that's, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, let me just... Kelly, please don't bring up Ethan Crawford to running back ever again. And I'll tell you why. I mean, <laughs> okay. You got J.Q. Gray, you got uh, Dreek Clark coming back. And Scott, I mean, the Jalen Washington kid from Houston High School, th- this kid's going to ex- has the opportunity to explode in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I have uh, I've been reached out to about about him. He looks really good. Uh, put up a lot of big numbers this year, and definitely somebody who uh, I, I think Southern Michigan fans should be keeping an eye on. Without yeah, and, 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 uh, and I say that with area, Clay. So. With Clay, yeah, obviously you're in the South, but yeah, with with Clay as well. I mean, I, I, I think that there. So Kelly, to to uh, to Scott's point, I, I do believe when you have an athlete of that that can throw the ball like that, just the extra dimension. Um, no, yeah, I get that, but can can I just throw this this back in there? St- no, you can't. You no, can't do no, it. statistically, <laughs> yeah, statistically, and we all know have been that the, the Eagles under Will Hall have gone what seven or eight deep. There was you know one of the seasons we had to go seven or eight deep to get a quarterback. But statistically, running backs take the brunt of injuries. Uh, you've got some other guys. So that, why do you want him to be a running? Back? Well, no, but so that so that the running back room is deeper, and you've got some more talented quarterbacks that are coming into the fold i I, I I didn't say it was going to happen i'm just saying could that be a possibility i mean we've seen we've seen multiple teams in fbs have the ability with with two different types of athletes i mean utah is one of them you know to to be able to utilize you know all of that so yeah i'm 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 mostly kidding with you but i'm saying ethan crawford yeah it's a little it's a little far-fetched but needs to be a quarterback i'm I'm glad you admitted it i just i didn't want to say that but anyway um, first commercial break of the day. Scott's going to stick around. We'll talk a little more about tonight's game and, and talk more about the Sun Belt. Game day on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss and Louisiana tonight at 630. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour on a Thursday. We'll be right back. 
Southern Miss to the top. Continuing on Thursday, game day Thursday, Golden Eagles in Louisiana tonight at 6.30 in Lafayette, Louisiana. Happy to have you along with us. That first segment was brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you, our hometown team, located uh, just outside Turtle Creek Mall. Justin Harrison, his great staff, cooking up a great stuff. And as Kelly has been telling us, Thanksgiving menu. Right, Kelly? Get that turkey taken care of at Dickie's. Yeah, you don't even have to, like, like some places will smoke it for you if you provide them the turkey, but you don't even have to do that. Just tell them how many people are coming. They'll assess how big of a bird you need. They'll smoke it. They'll, you know, fry it. They'll do whatever you want. Just uh, just let them know. And then I'll, literally all you have to do is pick it up. But give them enough heads up so that uh, they can make it just perfectly for you and yours. Absolutely. This segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The place to go with basketball season now, football season winding down. Great opportunities. Go ahead and get those Christmas gifts. You can shop online, campusbookmark.net. We continue with Scott Watkins from the Sun-Herald um, down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. All right, Scott, let's talk about keys tonight for you. Uh, we've talked a little offensively, but we'll start there. What, what do the Eagles have to do offensively tonight to, to get a road win? Control the trenches. Um, I think this game is all is going to be entirely about trench warfare. I think that's that's where the entire game is going to be played. Um, you've got to protect Billy Wiles uh, when they when they drop back. I don't want to see a ton of dropbacks, but I want to see them control the line of scrimmage. That is going to be the most important thing for Southern Miss. They were able to do that against the Warhawks, but they're still tired. I mean, ULM was disruptive in that game. Make make no mistake about it. They. They got into the backfield. They got to Billy Wilds. They had, uh, I think, 10 tackles for loss. It was crazy. Um, they have got to do a better job at that. I know we're November conference play. It's very difficult to do that now. Uh, you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage against Louisiana. Yeah, that's for me is uh, we, we talked about it yesterday. Three of those guys in there, Jay Walker told us this is the front five. He thinks front four is the best in the conference. Um they got so many guys with tackles for loss and sacks. So if they go deep, it's got to be Kelly and I were talking yesterday. It's got to be a little shorter deep game than than just a. And, and and what bothers me, I'll just comment on this when we we'll go to defense. What bothers me a little about that is so much of Southern Miss's passing game. Scott is built off play action. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got to be quicker, I think, and I think that it is. I think that it is getting quicker, and I think that the. The balance of that, going to that those those quick throws, but mixing in the deep balls, it is forcing secondaries to be a little bit a bit more honest. Uh, the the boxes are being stacked quite a bit. You saw that against App State, especially. Uh, they did not see as many big boxes as you saw in previous games. So that's made a difference. But they've they've still got to protect the Wilds for more than you know a second and a half. Defensively, Golden Eagles hold ULM to seven points. Uh, it was completely different from what happened against App State. What do they need to do to stop the Cajuns tonight? Key in on the run and uh, keep everything in front of them. That's the big thing is to prevent the big play, and I think they'll be fine, honestly. Louisiana is not an overly explosive team. They want to ground and pound. They want to grind out defenses, keep everything in front, um, play sound. They have to watch the penalties, no personal fouls. There are a couple of those against ULM got to limit that um and then I, this game the you know i don't you know you guys know that i like stats and i like numbers i don't like any stats i don't like any numbers in this game i think it's it's just execution the only the number i hate the most is the spread 10 points is a massive number to me in this game i think it's gonna be close i think it's gonna be gross i think it's gonna be brutal and uh i, I yeah it's gonna be a nice type of game on a thursday night Kelly. I, I like that phrase it's gonna be close it's gonna be gross 
I like that. That's T-shirt material, Merg. You were talking about T-shirts earlier. That's got a Chicago ring to it. It's going to be close. It's going to be gross. Wear that to your uh, going out at night for the, the other women. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be yeah. close. It's going to be gross. <laughs> yeah. Old town Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in particular, Scott, what, where has Frank Gore of the last two weeks been the whole season? Has it been the system? Or where, yeah. where has he been? What do you make of this re, reemergence? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the balance of the offense and the fact that Dre Clark has been hurt as well. So it's it's just been Frank Clark out there with a little bit of Kidney Clay mixed in. Um, I think the two things have just combined at the right time for him, and he's he's finally woken up, coming out of that slumber a little bit, and uh, he tends to finish these seasons really strong. So it's it's not like it's this is the first time this has happened. Noah Freire of the Freire and Smith podcast yesterday on our show said that he thought that Frank Gore was a pro prospect. Now, obviously, we're putting the cart way ahead of the horse. There's lots of football yet to be played this collegiate season. But we've always been told that, that Frank Gore was too small to play in the NFL. What what say you, or what do you know? You know, there's a reason why he plays on special teams, and that would be it. Uh, he, he, has, he has potential as a pro athlete, and I think that's largely where it is. I think he can break onto a roster by being a very good uh, special teams type player, and uh, that's why he's out there. On a on punt return or punt block or a, whatever it is. he's on he's on a punt team. All right, you mentioned that you think that Will Hall w- would have you know a specific offensive coordinator at the end of the year. Do you think that uh, you know? And you don't have to be real specific, but do you think there will be other changes on the staff this year? Uh, I'm not, I don't want to jump to that. I've done that before, and uh, it didn't work out in my favor. Uh, it kind of went backwards, you know things. <laughs> Things happen, and sometimes things are taken out of your control, and that's kind of been the theme of this Southern Miss team this year. Is that there have been some things that just they haven't been able to handle themselves because it's out of their hands. So uh, yeah. I, I think that they'll look at that and they'll take all that in, and uh, they'll figure out. Will Hall will figure out the best thing for the team. Uh, and and I'm glad you brought that up. We've we've been very clear on this show too, and we're talking about reshuffling the deck. I mean, you have to make decisions. You have to make hard decisions. That's the nature of the business. I just want all of our fans and listeners to realize that when you when you scream for decisions, you're also dealing with people's lives. And I know they get paid. I know that's their job, but just. You know, with your criticism, I'm talking to our listeners. Um, Kelly, you're aware of that, Scott, too. But just people need to be mindful of that. All right, let's talk about the Sun Belt. Um, you can, I can let you comment on James Madison's situation, the appeal. But but just kind of walk us through the league, Scott. You're filled the East and, and the West at this point in, in November. The East has played out uh, kind of as I expected it to. Maybe not in the order that it is, but everybody is within, like, one game of each other after James Madison. And that's what I expected. It's, everyone's so good over there. That entire division mathematically could be bowl eligible at the end of the year, which is nuts. Uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting finish because you've got Coastal and you've got Georgia Southern and App State is still in the mix. Those three teams, one of those three teams, is going to play for a division title if the James Madison situation doesn't change, or a, a conference title if the James Madison situation doesn't change. Uh, it's. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think the Texas State Coastal game this weekend is a big one. I think that is the last huge cross division matchup of the season. Uh, Texas State caused a little bit of chaos by beating Georgia Southern last week, and they could cause complete total mayhem by beating Coastal this week. So, looking forward to it. As far as in the West, um, Will Hall kind of told us Monday it's Troy and kind of everybody else. And Kelly has just kind of, what did you say, Kelly, with Noah yesterday? How did you describe South Alabama? 
I don't remember. I'm getting you, old. You said Kane like takes some dice and just kind of rolls. Oh yeah, it yeah. If he rolls the dice. If it comes up an odd number, we're going to play well, and if it's an even number, we're going to stink it up. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what the number turned out to be this week. But man, what an enigma they have been. You just don't know what you're getting. Like the Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, I guess. Yeah, no, that's. I, I think South Alabama has been the biggest disappointment in the Sun Belt as far as uh, how they've performed relative to team talent and team expectations. I have no idea what's caused it. Uh, they did have some injuries early on, especially on defense, and they were big ones, took them out for the year. Uh, but they've just been inconsistent on offense as well. So it's, it's been really weird. And plus, Carter Bradley's hurt now. So. You never know what kind of Jags team you're going to get, and it's it's been they've been the hardest team to predict by far, especially now that uh, Oklahoma State is tearing it up. So that that just makes it weird. Yeah, Oklahoma State's what ranked 15th in the country now, and uh, and the talk of the Big 12 conference, and could uh, could eventually play for the. Uh, the title in the Big 12. A lot of the Big 12 teams have already released their schedules for next year. And it's interesting when you look at those Big 12 schedules and don't see Texas and Oklahoma on those schedules. Already a little bit tough to digest the new look SEC that will have Texas and Oklahoma in there. So uh, anyway, that that's kind of interesting. The Eagles then will have a long, long week to prepare for that team up in Starkville who is uh, going through uh, they've got some problems of their own up there uh, and may have some more after coming back from College Station this weekend. Yeah, it's a weird game. It's a weird game to look at. You uh, you always have a, a tough time kind of judging those games where you have a, a bad SEC team going up against a, a Sunbelt team that you think should be good, that is talented, but just hasn't performed up to, up to expectations. So nobody, I don't know if anybody really knows what to expect of that game. I personally, we were talking about it on the space the other night. I wouldn't be surprised if an upset occurred on that day. I do think Mississippi State is probably the more talented team right now, but they, they, their fans are already putting other coaches in, in uh, Mississippi State here on Twitter. So you know, I, I don't really know what's going on up there. And Scott Watkins, I know this is a Southern Miss show, and I know you're on the Gulf Coast, and I know you have to just be, just be so excited and can hardly contain yourself the fact that hockey will soon be starting again on the Gulf Coast. The Seawolves ready to hit the ice for another year. Yes, we are super excited about the Seawolves. Maybe I will finally go to a game this year. <laughs> Over <laughs> one game. <laughs> hey Scott, thanks. Uh, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you joining us, and thanks for your expertise and your coverage. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure as always. <laughs> Scott Watkins, Sun Herald, covering Southern Miss sports, does a great job. Hey, we'll step aside. Mike Frazier from JUCO Weekly. Playoffs in the Mississippi JUCO system. Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you're going to be pre-gaming tonight, which I know a lot of people are, Jason Bailey and his Black Ops 
tailgating group. They're going to be at 4th Street Bar and Grill tonight watching uh, the Southern Miss-Louisiana game. Uh, that's the place to be. Everybody there uh, will be in their Southern Miss black and gold ready to cheer on the Eagles tonight. You can grab dinner there if you want to. Game of darts. You can shoot some pool. But uh, everybody there knows your name and uh, an occasional game of trivia. And a great place to hang out and have some fun right in the shadow of the Rock 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud to be a supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Joining us now is uh, Mike Frazier, as he does every Thursday to bring us up to date with the latest down-to-earth information from the MACCC, the Mississippi Association of Com- uh, Community Colleges uh, Conference. And they are headed into the playoffs now. Mike, good afternoon to you. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on again. And we are down to four. So bring us up to speed. Sure. Uh, in that South Division matchup, you've got uh, Colwyn, the number one seed, entertaining Northwest and Mississippi Gulf Coast with the win last week at Jones. Uh, they claim the number two spot, and they're heading up to um, uh, East Mississippi. Now, in that Colwyn game against Northwest, man, boy, Johnny Daniels, the running back, is is really uh, played, been very effective here the last few weeks. Uh, we spoke with Clint Davis earlier in the week, and uh, he is just ecstatic at the chemistry on both sides of the ball. He said this is one of the tightest teams he's ever coached, and uh, they've just got this will and, and eye of the tiger uh, attitude. So uh, he really feels good about his football team uh, heading in uh, against Northwest against Benji Parker. Now, Benji's won four in a row, and, um, man, Benji just gets it done. Uh, that's another guy that they'll, they'll be naming buildings after up in Senatobia. And Northwest, I mean, this guy is a winner, future Hall of Famer. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. You look at these players, Devin Tott and uh, Johnny Daniels, also Billy Pullen on the defensive line, second in the country uh, in sacks with 13. And, uh, you know, Colin's ready to go. And then, of course, Mississippi Gulf Coast and East Mississippi, uh, just two traditional powerhouses with multiple national titles between them. And, man, if you're Jack Wright, Man, what a hard road to hoe as well. Your reward, head back up to East Mississippi and try to feed it to a team that you fed it to once already. And you know Buddy Stevens and that crew will be sitting there waiting. So uh, that will be one. And, man, that's, that's whew. again, it's a cold-hearted, tough, tough league. And uh, it's illustrating that here once again. And we know that Buddy Stevens takes a loss so well. <laughs> like nobody else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think by all of our reactions, everybody understands. All right, Mike. Now, a lot of people in Mississippi want to want to know about the potential of a Mississippi team that might have two losses. What are the chances of a Mississippi team with two losses being able to play for a national title? I think that's a fifty-fifty call. I, I think the best chance for the league is that Colin or Mississippi Gulf Coast win uh, the conference championship because they'll be a one-loss team and they will get into that four-team playoff. The problem you have is, you know, Snow College is the big wild card. Uh, Snow is going to win this week and they're going to finish nine and two. Um, but you know, Snow and we talk about this on the podcast. Snow just does not play a schedule in our opinion, that is worthy enough to grab one of those four slots when you start comparing teams from Mississippi and Texas. And see, Texas, they got Kilgore with a one-loss team. You would need Mississippi, um, I'm sorry, uh, Kilgore would need to win out. They would get in as well at 9-1. and one. So, guys, a two-loss team, it's 
its potential, but I would put it at 40% that a two-loss team from Mississippi would get in. I think Snow would steal that fourth slot at 9-2 and two over Mississippi. And Snow, because they have, they have before. And Snow, of course, is out of the state of Utah for folks that aren't, uh, that aren't necessarily well well you know, read on the junior college teams across the country. Now, one of my favorite, and I'm kind of throwing you a curveball here, Mike, but you'll, you'll probably know the answer to this. One of my favorite trivia questions is that when Pearl River played for the national championship um, back in 2003, maybe, or 2009, somewhere back, I know that's not even necessarily, they played Butler out of Kansas, all right, for, for the national title. And... There was the quarterback for Butler is now somebody that's pretty notable. Would you know off the top of your head who that was? No idea. Okay, he's a coach in the NFL now. Head coach. Zach Taylor. Of the I did Cincinnati. not know that. Yeah, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, was the head coach. At, or not the head coach. He was the quarterback at Butler when Pearl River played for the national title, I think in... I don't know. The last time Pearl River played for the national title, which was, I think, I don't know, 03, 09. I, I have to brush up on my Pearl River. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, but, yeah, that's always one of my favorite uh, trivia questions. But So you can be a quarterback in junior college and wind up living your dream as a head coach in the NFL. How about that? Yeah, he did it at Butler, too. And Butler back then was, you know, obviously a powerhouse program, you know. Uh, you know, b- back to that two-loss Mississippi thing, I just want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not uh, wishing for that. No, I'm of course. Just stating, I'm just stating the facts here. I mean, yeah. you are going to be a two-loss team. Man, you're going to be on pins and needles trying to, get, uh, trying to get into that, and that would take a Herculean effort from the, a- for Herculean effort from, uh, the AD from Northwest or from uh, East Mississippi, as well as the head coaches, to get in there and really – really sell that committee, you know, because they had snow, they had snow preseason four, snow was four, then bumped down to five. So see, the door is open. I just don't think it's going to be open. It's just my opinion. Even though Mississippi would be deserving, I don't think uh, a two-loss team from Mississippi is going to get in because of snow. But, but Mike, like, what's the, surely that committee, though, when they look at that, though, they see that, you know, Mississippi had what? four teams in the top ten this year, and they're all beating up on each other. I mean, it, I, I, I get it. It's almost as as much as we dislike, or not dislike, but that we talk about the privilege of uh, the Southeastern Conference. I, I guess I'm playing that card here. Uh, but, but it, I mean, certainly that's a metric that they consider when two of those losses were to, you know, top ten teams. You know, you would think, however, if you look where Snow is positioned at number five, and here's where I can make my point, why is Snow ranked number five over Trinity Valley, who's number six in our poll, and further down the list in the NJCAA poll when Trinity Valley beat Snow back in August? Yeah. So if Trinity Valley, who made the playoffs in Texas, you know, if they went out, does the NJCAA – uh, have the courage to call uh, that administration and say, look, I know you have the same record as Snow, but and you beat them, but we're putting them in. I just don't see, in following this stuff and seeing where Snow is positioned, I don't see uh, Snow getting bumped by Texas and Mississippi, yeah, unless, 
unless they're one-loss teams. Yeah, I mean, East Mississippi lost to the two playoff teams from the South. And, you know, I'm looking at Snow's record right now. I mean, they lost, like you said, they lost to Iowa Western, which would be an argument for, yeah, it would be like Gulf Coast beating East or East beating Gulf Coast. But, I mean, the fact that they lost to, to the number 15 team would seem like the Mississippi team would jump them. Anyway, regardless. All right, how did, I, how did I miss this in looking at this segment today? It's not just a rematch for East Mississippi and Gulf Coast. Eli Anderson was the, was the quarterback at Scuba last year. He transfers to Gulf Coast. Ty Keyes comes in, lights the world on fire. I mean, there's some crazy storylines for that game now. No doubt. No doubt about that. I mean, and Eastman and, and Mississippi Gulf Coast beat him 42-17 back in September. So, you know, here's the question I have, and it was, it was on our podcast in our shot or no shot. Mississippi Gulf Coast held Ty Keys to 168 yards passing in that win when they played in September. Do you think that that Gulf Coast defense will hold Ty Keys under 200 yards passing this weekend? <laughs> oh, man. I, I just you know? know this. I was talking to somebody today. Jack Wright seems to get the most out of his guys when it really, really, really matters. And, and I watched them you know, play Jones a couple weeks ago, and that was a power-running team. And, of course, Anderson can throw the football as well. And, you know, that, that's kind of been uh, – what, what I've been proud of with Ty this year is that Ty got a reputation of – you know he couldn't get hit, because um, he just had a bunch of injuries at Southern Miss. Um, but you know he's he's been tougher. But I, I suspect the Bulldogs are going to try to try to hit him early and often. Kelly, yeah, I think uh, I mean, but but those I think you can't argue that those were you know Jones really Jones really I, I I just hate that Jones didn't wasn't able to make the playoffs. But really under their current personnel situation, as many people as they had injured, yeah. you know, you don't know that they really would would have made a dent anyway. So you really can't argue that under the current circumstances that sure. those those are the four, you know, best teams. But we just have to hope now under Mike's uh uh, the way that Mike looked at it, and it certainly makes sense that the right Mississippi team would, would get in there and maybe get a chance to play for the national championship. Mike, real quickly, tell us about the podcast and how people can download it. You've got it. Uh, just go uh, to the Chuco Weekly website, download that free podcast. It's, it's once a week. And hey, on Jack Wright, look at Jack Wright, man. What a job he's done to go into the Lions then like he has and be sitting where he's sitting, him along with Glenn Davis. Man, those two guys are co-coaches of the year, I think. Mike, thank you for your continued contributions to the Eagle Hour. Thanks again. All the best, guys. When we come back, we're going to have our college football games of the week. Bob Getty has already made his picks, and he's not even here. Can Luke and I catch up? We'll make our picks after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. It's supposed to rain. We're going to get it rain the next few days. We need it. What is that? We need it. But when you need to get work in and it's raining outside, you can go to DBAT and D1. Great facilities, great coaching, instruction, pro shop. Hey, Christmas gifts. Yeah. Memberships at D1 and DBAT, uh, great Christmas options. DBATHattiesburg.com on Hardy Street. Luke, Kelly, and Michael. 
almost said Bob, but he's out till uh, till mid, ne- mid next week. We're at the uh, Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Before we get to our picks, uh, our buddy Andrew Abadie with Pine Belt Sports has a article up. It's free content. It, it went live today at ten thirty. Go read it, and this is what it is. The title is "Why Southern Misses Joy Lee McNellis Still Chooses to Juggle Cancer Treatment and Coaching." And Kelly Andrew shadowed Joy Lee for a week, including chemo treatment, and just tried to uh, just to allow her and to get to give people the inside on what she's doing. Man, tremendous article, and appreciate Andrew for doing that. Appreciate Joy Lee for just being so transparent with what she's fighting. So this is not reality television. This would be reality newspaper. But yeah, but but not to that, not not in in the complete opposite direction. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, it's not sensational. It's, no, but, it but, is. But you but find great out, job, yeah, great job uh, by Andrew doing that. Go read that, y'all, and uh, you'll get. Even though we greatly appreciate her and respect her, there'll be more respect um, in in for for Joy Lee. Just man, what she's doing, how she's juggling it, and how this team is is battling through it. Uh, so appreciate uh, that from Andrew. I wanted to pass that on to you guys. All right, picks. Here we go. Uh, Bob Getty up three games on Kelly Sander, up four games on me. Michael and his one appearance this year, six and four. Marcus, do you just kind of want to stay uh, in the winning column? Is that is that good to do that? That'll work. Okay. All right. So, Sander, here we go. I'll give you a winner. Only time. Uh, (laughs) I'll give you Bob's pick, Kelly. I'll let you pick, and, and then I'll pick. All right. We'll start UConn at the undefeated James Madison JMU 24 and a half point favorite Bob taking the Dukes. Well, yeah, who who's not going to take the Dukes? I mean, they're undefeated. You're you're rooting against Jim Mora Jr., really? Yes. Playoffs? I am. Playoffs. I am too. <laughs> I am too. Go with the Dukes. All right. Um Troy in Monroe uh taking on the Warhawks. Troy a 21 and a half point favorite Bob taking the Trojans. Yeah, we're getting all these easy ones out of the way early. Yeah, got to do it. Trojans win big. We've missed on some easy ones, so we don't want to take anything uh, for granted. Old Dominion at Liberty, a uh, non-conference battle for Virginia. Uh, Liberty, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, and Liberty undefeated, yes? Under Jamie Chadwell, yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's the team. Undefeated, and has anybody even heard of Liberty this year? I mean, undefeated, and nobody has even heard of them. That's because they're in Conference USA. It's where football teams go to die. I will take Liberty. I'll take Liberty too. They actually they did crack the top twenty five this week. Yeah, um, but but still, has anybody you never you haven't seen any yeah. news stories on Liberty? Nothing. Yep. And a lot of that is because they haven't played anybody you know in the in the top twenty five. All right. Uh, here's a tricky one: Texas State on the road at Coastal. Coastal without Grayson McCall again. Texas State a two point favorite on the road. Bob takes Texas State. I'm taking Coastal. The the Chanticleers apparently have not missed him at all. I don't know what the deal is, but they're playing some of their best football. Uh, arguable, but they're playing some of their best football right now. I'm going to take Coastal. I want to take Texas State, and I want to take Coastal. That's not possible. Um, yeah. Um, Come on, I'm going to take – I'm going to go with Coastal at home. There can, we go. Can you hear his nervous foot banging? I was on? tapping. I was doing it on purpose out loud. <laughs> Archie State at so, South Alabama. Wait a minute. You, Ar- took, you took Coastal? I took Coastal, right, yes. Gotcha. Archie State at South Alabama. The Fighting Womacks are a 12 point favorite. Archie State has the momentum. South Alabama does not. Bob has taken the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, Kane Womack just texted me and said that the number t- came out even this week. That's, that, that's, a good, that's good news for South Al. Uh, 
the lucky streak ends for Arkansas State. I'll take the Jags. Yeah, I heard that uh, there was actually um, some Arkansas State signs in Mobile, and that doesn't bode well for Arkansas State. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Jaguars um, as well. I think this is kind of a, a they have to win this game, um, and and if they want to uh, if they want you know to to make sure they get a bowl game. So. Well, Ar- Arkansas State would become bowl eligible as well. So they are playing for something down yeah. there. Uh, I just think that, that South Al will have too much. All right, Georgia Southern on the road in Marshall, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Georgia Southern got beat last week, but Marshall just really bottoming out at the end of the season. I just – boy, that's a head-scratcher. Uh, Marshall, there's no way Marshall should be this bad, and they are stinking it up. You can smell it from here. Um, you know, I just have a hunch that Marshall might win that game, but I'm going to play the numbers and take Georgia Southern. Yeah, Bob took Georgia Southern too. I forgot to tell you, I'm going to take Georgia Southern just because I think they're they've got too much. App State put 31 up on them. So what is Georgia Southern you know going to do? Real quick in the NFL, 49ers at the Jags. Bob takes San Francisco. I'm not. I'm taking the Jags. I'm taking the Jags at home as well. Saints in Minnesota. Bob taking the Saints. I will too. Minnesota doesn't have a quarterback they can trust yet. I'll take the Hoodats tonight. Southern Miss, an eight and a half point favorite. Bob Getty has taken, I mean, I'm sorry, Southern Miss, a eight and a half dog. Bob Getty has taken the Cajuns. Luke Johnson will take the Eagles. And I say, to the top. There we go. So Bob, again, showing. Just kidding. He, he's trying to win. I, I get it. Anyway, 6.30 kick tonight. Go Southern Miss. Beat the Cajuns. We'll catch you tomorrow. We'll be at Camp Shelby live as we celebrate Veterans Day and honor all of those who have served our great nation. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss. To the top. To the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.